The art of customer service is getting lost. The need for customer service is greater than ever. I don't know if people don't care if it's falling by the wayside, but it's it's no longer the focus of most places. And I think the, the customer service kind of mixed with the knowledge and just being there for the customer. Um, I think all together are things you can't get anywhere else to the fullest extent you can at Midwest Evening Appliance. Midwest TV and Appliance, you get more for your money. I'm all about that bass, got that bass, 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 bass. Yes, I am. It's all about the butter, and there is always room for more butter. Uh, well, I don't know. We're technically going to Vietnam for uh, Coulee Region Cooks this morning. I don't recall a lot of butter, but butter is dairy, and I don't do a lot of dairy in Vietnam. I, I didn't miss it. Early on, I missed a piece of cheese, but uh, even after a little while, I didn't miss it very much because there were so many other fabulous ways to trick my taste buds into not missing butter. My guest on Cooley Region Cooks this morning, uh, Tan Pham. Good morning. He's Cuisine Adventure Tours, by the way, so if we trip your taste buds... Then come with us to Vietnam in uh, beginning in September. Uh, uh, it's going to be a fabulous, fabulous trip. Tan, good morning. Thanks. Happy New Year, by the way. Yes, Happy New Year to you, Mike, and good morning. I haven't had a chance to see your face in the New Year. It's awesome. I saw a post on Facebook, by the way, that was uh, schmoozing the yoga trip that you're taking, which is awesome. And I've talked with Tim Hammond, who is going to uh, co-host the uh, photography uh, post, uh, trip, which is double awesome. But I had to put a plug in to the Facebook post that you had up uh, about people who might not w- care about yoga or don't have a, a photographer, a, a, a camera, who just want to eat and walk around, then they should come in September. Because <laughs> I am all about the food and the art. Uh, just walk around. I need a nice cold beverage, and I need some weird, delicious food, and I want to watch you make some marble thing. Or, man, oh man, we went on so many fabulous excursions uh, when you took me to Vietnam a couple of years ago. I can hardly wait to do that. So, if you don't want to work very hard, then come with me, and we'll just eat and walk and eat and walk. Well, you, you know, that's 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 exactly. <laughs> what a vacation should be. That's kind of what I was thinking. Right. I I mean, I guarantee you, everyone out there who's going on a vacation, they're not going on vacation and not have good food. Yeah. Um, They're not going on vacation and not have fun. Um, I mean, we just got back a couple of weeks ago. We we drove down to Missouri and then we drove down to Arkansas and then over to Kansas. And what did I do before I went on a trip? I, I look up what is the kind of food that I want to look at in Missouri? What are kind of food in Arkansas? And I got uh, cornbread, barbecue, hey, and um, deep fried okra. Deep so, fried okra. Now, that's something I've never had before. Kansas City, I used to live in Kansas many years ago. So, Kansas City barbecue, I'm familiar with. Uh, cornbread, you know, you have to make it right. But deep fried right. okra never had uh, never had okra in my deep fryer. <laughs> wow, delicious! Was it yeah, good? But yeah, but that's what we do is 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 wherever we go, we want to have the taste. You know, that's why uh, the Fourth of July in Lacrosse here we have the taste of Lacrosse. Uh, Chicago, they have taste of Chicago. 
So why not the taste of Vietnam? Absolutely. And the taste of Vietnam is awesome. And I, I know that most people hang their hat on a great big bowl of pho, one of the most delicious soups I've ever had in my life. But some of that hibachi food that's cooked by those cute little old ladies on the sidewalk, man, oh, man, that stuff was so, so tasty. Right. And that's, I mean, um, the uh, Vietnamese cuisine is based off of uh, the French cuisine. And then on top of that, the Vietnamese people are very creative in coming up with new dishes. How, how do I balance the taste of sugar and salt and fish sauce or soy sauce? And it's pretty amazing. I, I mean, one, one of my dreams is to just go to Vietnam and, and, and not do a tour, but just to live with someone out in the village because that's where the cooking you become an expert in cooking and just just do everything that a person do to prepare a meal. And I know a guy, I know a guy, and he's got extra bedrooms in Vietnam, lives by some coffee, uh, 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 a little coffee plantation across the street down the road. There's a guy who butchers pigs. I might be able to hook you up if, you know, give me, give me a couple of days because the post office doesn't work quite as reliably. But I, I know a guy that will – that will hook you up as long as you you don't mind rabbit jello. <laughs> right, exactly. And I, I mean it's some of those dishes, if I if I describe it to you, you probably would never eat it. Uh, so you heard me use the term before. If it looks good, eat it. But right. I actually copied that term from a uh, TV show, but it really fit into with our cuisine adventure. Um Nobody died from the food that, 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 that people <laughs> eat in Vietnam. Nobody even got uh, sick. You, yeah. You went to Vietnam, and you don't even ask what it is. You, If it looks good, you just give me a bowl. And then, Absolutely. And then when you're done, give me a second bowl. Right. Well, in some cases, give me a third bowl. Uh, what, right. what was interesting, and I have adopted this, I don't know, maybe my dad taught me this a long, long, long time ago. There are, You're in Vietnam. You're in a strange country, never been there before. And remember that millions of people eat this, whatever it is, pho, or this bowl of, I don't know, whatever this is. Millions of people eat this every single day. How can you just look at it and dismiss it out of hand? I can't. You know, all those happy, smiling faces just ate some of this. I want some of that, too, just to see. It was delish. The only thing I discovered, Vietnamese tofu tastes exactly like United States tofu, and thank you very much. You can have mine. Well, Mike, you, uh, you'll be coming back in September of this year. So one of my mission is to find different flavor or different way the tofu is being cooked. Okay. And I think you will like it. I'll try it. I, I'll definitely okay. try it. But not in exchange for some of the crazy stuff we've had. Uh, seahorse and lizard and some of those crazy fish, the fish that we ate when we had that uh, the restaurant out on the Mekong Delta on that little island when sure. we ate in the treehouse and we're sitting in the treehouse, look out over the shelf and see down on the on the ground is a little stream and fish and you that one right there, that that one. Uh, so the the guy catches that fish, takes it in the other room, prepares it, and in forty five minutes we're eating the fish that a minute ago I just saw swimming. That's that's fresh seafood, baby. Exactly, Mike. And that's why the uh, Vietnamese people, they 
people like to have a refrigerator in their house, but not too long ago, not too many people have that in their house because yeah. of the electricity. So, I mean, they have to use fresh food, but fresh is awesome. Yes, fresh it is. Good. Yes, it is. Yeah, having to go yeah. to the market every day is not something I would dislike at all. Right. I don't mind going to the grocery store every day at all. That's awesome. Right. Hey, what kind of recipes? Yeah. Did you pick out some fun, wacky Vietnamese recipes to share today? Well, actually, I didn't. But I just wanted to talk in general, just okay. overall of all the different food. I mean, we we are so used to over here the pho, which that is a international dish now, and and uh, there are so many people that actually went on our tour, and that's their primary goal is I want to make the best pho that I can make. So show me the ingredients, right? Um, and, and 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 you have. Um, found some of those secret ingredients and you brought it back with you. I, I did. That was a, a gift I gave to my, uh, uh, I have three sons. One of them is a cook and I gave him all those ingredients. Then we got the bones to make the broth and so forth. We made our own homemade pho and it was absolutely delicious. And I brought home all of those ingredients from Vietnam, including right. some dried seahorse. Right. And, uh, and and the dry seahorse, and I think the other ingredient is the sea worms. Oh, right. Right, the sea worms. Yeah. And those little star-shaped, well, that was, it wasn't anise, was it? Maybe it was. What were those little stars, I, I, little black? I think that is the anise. Anise, okay. Man, those were, and all the ingredients individually, of course, we nibble off a little bite and think, ooh, wow, that's really strong. Well, I'll put it in a big pot of broth. And uh, it becomes way less strong. But wow, that was yeah. good. That is delish. And, yeah. And what's cool is is one of the activities that we have during the tour is a cooking class. And our chef will show you his secrets. He'll show you how to do it. You don't just throw everything in all at once. Right. You would uh, you would grill the onion. You would grill the ginger. Um uh, and then you throw it in. So, so you, you'll get to learn all that. And I have multiple customers walking away after they ate the bowl of pho that they cook. And they say, this is the best pho that I've ever tasted. I talked with your brother on Cooley Region Cooks uh, a number of, well, last year. It was, it's been a little while. I got to call him and get him on again. Uh, because he, he found that strictly Vietnamese food was a little scary for some Americans, so he in a kind of, sort of, Americanized uh, the banh mi sandwich, for instance, sure. just yeah. just so that people in uh, in the uh, area where he lives, Minneapolis, uh, wouldn't be too uh, afraid of it. Uh, are you finding that changing? I wonder if people are becoming more willing to try original uh, or ingredients for each sandwich, like that banh mi. Wow, is that a good sandwich? Right. And, and, and I mean, every, everything that you try, it should be in the original form. And it's funny that you brought up my brother with the by me because he try, he did um, make some of those for his customers and they come back with, this is not the original by me. So, so <laughs> try to change it so that he got don't... caught. <laughs> right. Right. But, but I mean, he's just trying to do a good thing. Yeah. But then, People out there are there are a lot of foodies out there, and 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 they tasted the real bite me, and that's what they wanted here. So, so I mean, you never should try to change it. 
No, you're absolutely right. Every once in a while, someone will say, you know, and I, I get it. There are those people who you set down a plate of food, and the first thing they do is ask, what is it? What's in it? Take the bread off and look in there. What is this? If you tell right. them, they, you know, I don't want to lie to you, but I don't actually want to say it out loud because you're going to say, ew, that sounds gross. Seaweed? I'm not eating seaweed. Yeah, right. but you never had this, and this is really good. So yeah, um, shut so up really, and eat we, it. Yep. So we want to go with if it looks good, eat it. Uh, and then afterward, then I'll explain it to you because because you taste the food. It tastes right. good, and and you had a second serving of it. So why would you now after you ate it and not like it anymore because it tastes so good? Right. I remember on that uh, the restaurant on that island of a, a five diamond a restaurant on a dinky little island in the middle of the Mekong Delta. And uh, uh, the young lady who ran the restaurant was so kind in helping us understand what, what it was we were eating. And that fish, name of which I don't recall, a great big the, round. Uh, el- the uh, elephant ear fish. Okay, elephant ear fish. We ate everything, including when the waiter came back and said, oh, no, no, you guys aren't done yet. Well, sure we are. We ate all the meat. There's nothing left but fins and skeleton. He broke off one of those fins and said, you got to taste this. It's the most delicious potato chip, fish chip you've ever had in your life. And he was right, and we did. <laughs> and when that when that elephant ear fish, when we were done with it, it was barely a skeleton. We ate everything but the bones. It was well, so good. The bone is, is a little bit difficult to eat, but yeah. yes, uh, that is, I mean, we would never thought about eating the scale or eating the fin, but boy... It tastes, it's if you, tasty. That's right. If you prepare it the right way, it was delicious. And we were right. disappointed that there weren't more fins once we found out that, that you can eat that part too. <laughs> well, that restaurant, uh, depending on the busy time, each day they probably make about 100 of those fish. Do they really? So, well? so they do have a lot of foreigners going through that restaurant. So if you want more fin, I'm sure we can find some. Oh, good. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I will never say no, thank you. It's just that much fun. Uh, and how often do you make authentic Vietnamese food at home here in America, in La Crosse, Wisconsin? Hey, I uh, I actually do it once or twice a week. Do you? Okay. So, right. Because, I, I mean um, – my wife usually try to blend in our meals, but then uh, if we have leftover Vietnamese uh, food, that will probably go first. Well, that's okay because it's fresh. It's uh, it's vegetables and so forth. You got to figure out what else to do with it. So the original uh, uh, pho with some of the leftover vegetables, because that was another thing I thought was pretty weird when we did that uh, when we did that trip. They bring out a bowl, then they bring out a big bowl that's full of broth. And then they bring out a gigantic mounded plate of vegetables, of leafy vegetables and little red things that kind of look like radishes and other little things that kind of look like peppers. Have no idea what it is, but set it down. It's a huge mound of of salad. And then uh, the deal was make your own. So grab a handful of I don't know what this is, put it in a bowl, pour the broth over the top, season it, then eat it. Wow, that was it was really fun to make your own, even though we didn't know what we were eating. We just knew it was delicious. 
Yeah, exactly, Mike. And I mean, every meal, I guarantee every meal, there's always a lot of vegetable. And we are so used to being over here, you know, the vegetable that we eat would be lettuce, maybe a little mint here and there, cucumber, tomatoes. But yeah, boy, green beans, corn, down, all yeah. that stuff. It was, it, you know, it's good stuff, but we don't get that kind of fresh all the time here like they do in Vietnam. Always a growing season. Right. Right. And then in in Saigon, especially because that's always warm so they can always grow vegetable. And uh, one of the restaurants that we went in in Saigon, I even asked the waiter, what what are some of this leaf here? And we have so many different kind of leaves and vegetable on this. He doesn't even know what it is. (laughs) We just know that it looks good. I just work here. (laughs) I'm a waiter. I don't grow any of this. They bring it in. I serve it. You love it. They're done. Well, and well, what's yeah, and and what's cool is um, when you start eating into some of those leaves, you start tasting uh, right. orange. You start tasting lemon. You start tasting avocado. I'm like, wait a minute, is and this it's a an leaf. Avocado leaf. You're absolutely right. You're, just a leaf of something tastes like an orange, or tastes like a lemon, or tastes like a mint, or tastes a little spicy. You can taste the pepper, uh, and I I couldn't tell you if you. Uh, absolutely no way I can remember the the authentic names of any of that stuff. But wow, do I remember. No wonder this pho is so good. Each one of these leaves is a different flavor. If you had to make that at home, you'd be putting lemon and pepper and red pepper, and some mint and beef. And oh, man, it was just just amazing. Yeah. And I thought one one of the leaves that really stood out for me was uh this 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 branch of leaf it tastes like root beer. Ooh, now I didn't have one of those. Well, you you probably did. Well, maybe I did. I just I didn't have a separate. I didn't have. <laughs> right. Man, I'm really thirsty. Here, Mike, eat these leaves. They taste like root beer. <laughs> right, right. That, that would have so, been awesome. Yeah. So now we're talking about fresh, right? I mean, we're talking about getting down to the basic of the food instead of the manufacturing type type of food. Which is pretty cool. Yes, and and there's tons of it. That I I think a lot of people think Vietnam. You know, it, it's dirty. It's poor. We're going to eat worms all the time. How are we going to have a good time eating our way from North to South Vietnam? It's it, it's it's poorer than any place you've been on vacation in the United States. But those happy people uh, are willing to share and have a good time, and and they get to and from work on a bike along with eight million other people also ride. Sometimes it seems like they're all riding the same bike. Yee. <laughs> I never I never saw so many people and a small refrigerator on a scooter drive down the street. Did we just see right. a scooter go by? Uh-huh. Was that scooter being driven by a guy uh-huh, with two of his children between his legs standing up on the scooter? Uh-huh. And on the back of the scooter, his wife... Uh huh. Sitting backwards. Uh huh. Holding a refrigerator in her lap, like a college-size refrigerator in her lap. Uh huh. She's. They're going home. They just went to the store and bought a refrigerator, probably, on a scooter. Yikes! I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Or or seeing three live pigs. Each of those pigs weighed about three hundred pounds. <laughs> one on the back and then two on each side. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Boy, you're on a tip over on that. Uh, those pigs get running, and you'll never get control of that scooter back. 
it was just man i'm my my eyes are starting to water i've been laughing so much so much fun so tasty i got i, I want to talk a little more about the french influence too because we talk about french influence and you think immediately baguette but there's more to vietnamese food and french influence than those long skinny bread sticks right you bet. All right. And don't forget that the baguette is the main ingredient for banh mi, which right. is the Vietnamese sandwich. And you 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 never thought about going to Vietnam and have a baguette. You know, like you, I'll oh, be in French. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah, right. So. Well, and remind me. I got to take care of some business here and check in with the news guys. But remember when we were sitting in a little, a little quick trip kind of place because it was a bar, but they also sold – other foods and stuff, and we bought little packages of, I don't know what it was, dried seaweed, or I don't know what it was. It was really tasty. While we sat here drinking a beer and eating this weird food oh, that was delicious, okay. across the street from a little bakery that was closed when we sat down, then opened while we were there, sold a 1,000 loaves of bread while we watched, and then closed because they sold everything all while we were having two or three beers. That was really exciting to watch the Vietnamese ants descend on this bakery, buy everything, and then then go home. And know full well that the owners of that bakery, they're not going home. They start all over again for tomorrow. That was tasty. A little business, and we'll be back. Cooley Region Cooks with Tan Pham and Cuisine Adventure Tours. Cooley Region Cooks. Every Thursday from 10 to 11, we get together with people who like to have fun in the kitchen. Not professionals, just there's no restriction other than, you know what I was going to say, other than like to have fun in the kitchen. But I, I have had guests on in the past. Diane Dipple comes to mind. She lost a bet. Tan, you'll, you'll enjoy this story. She and her husband early on in, in their marriage flipped a coin to see who was going to do the cooking and who was going to do the cleaning because neither of them wanted to do either. So they decided that they'll flip a coin, and Diane lost, so she had to do the cooking. She's an excellent cook, really good, doesn't like it at all. So she's been a guest on occasion, and she brings in edible flowers, and uh, she was just a really fun person who broke the mold. I don't like being in the kitchen, Mike. I'm only there because I lost a bet. So everybody else likes to have fun in the kitchen. Do you like do you and your wife share or do you go in the kitchen and cook and then tomorrow she cooks or do you cook together very often? Well, that's kind of funny that you brought up that story because when we first got married 26 7 years ago, we did exactly that. I I told my wife that the kitchen is mine, so I will take on all the responsibility of cooking. And if we have parties, I'll take care of all that stuff. The rest of the house is yours. And that's include, you know, cleaning the bathroom, cleaning the toilets. And, oh. <laughs> and I think after the first month, once you have to clean three toilets every weekend, you're like, this is not fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, and how many boys are in your family? You and yes, of, me and my son, just yeah. the two of you. Well, and I know she didn't feel that that was fair because I'll bet she never made the toilet messy. Just no, uh, no, just little no. boys do that. So right, do you, exactly, do you let her? Yeah. Do you trade every now and then just to keep uh, keep the peace? Let you you clean a bathroom well, now and then while she cooks a meal. 
Well, what I did then is after she said that she didn't like doing that, so I said, okay, the kitchen is still mine. I'll take care of cleaning the bathroom because I like to have clean bathrooms. So that's sure. So that's so that's my chores. All right. Well, that works, and and everybody's happy with that division of uh, of responsibility. So that works. Right. Exactly. And Who- then now, because she's working from home because of the pandemic. Uh, she's getting into uh, cooking a lot now. Oh, so, so she's so so she's actually invading my territory, and I keep having to remind her that there's only one real chef in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, you're throwing the gauntlet now. You throw down the apron, and we'll see who's the real cook. Has she has she picked? A, oh, do you want to get that? Is that is that for no, me? No, 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 oh, no. That's good. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, has she picked a, a particular a cuisine that she likes to cook, or is she still playing in the kitchen? Well, she uh, she bake a lot, so she's oh. getting into making a lot of bread, uh, and then and and I didn't know this, but then she also picking up uh, from all the bread uh, pieces that she doesn't use. Huh? Then she start making crackers. Crackers. Oh, here I yeah. would have guessed croutons, but crackers are even more fun. Right. And then and, and then now she started add more spices to uh, to it, so it's it's very good. It's working yeah. out. So she's making right. the things that will go with whatever you're making, and uh, that once again sounds like a pretty good combo. Right, right, exactly. And then th- that's not a lot of arguments, and 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 as long as who know who the real chefs are, we're we're, we're in good shape. <laughs> oh, listen to you, <laughs> listen to you. I got an extra bedroom at my house, by the way. If you need some place to stay for the day, who does the snow shoveling? I do that. Do you? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, good. At least you're still doing all the heavy lifting. Uh, yeah. That's that's good to know. Talk to me about the French influence in Vietnamese cooking. It isn't just about the baguette. What else? No, no. There's a with the with the French influence. Uh, whenever there's a meal, like an example, meat. There's always the marination pr- uh, process that takes place, and and that's coming from the French. So you don't just throw a piece of uh, meat on the grill or on the stove. You prepare the meat by marinated with all different kind of spices. So that's 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 what the Vietnamese people pick up from the French is 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 the process of preparing the meat before the actual uh, cooking. Uh, the other French influence, which is huge, is the uh, coffee. Oh. So French always has very, very good coffee. So with the French influence, uh, Vietnam now is uh, growing a lot of coffee. And Vietnam is only second to Brazil in terms of exporting uh, That coffee. doesn't surprise me. Having the Vietnamese coffee... Uh, was an experience that uh, I will never forget. And thank you uh, for on the occasion bringing home a, a pound of those beans because, man, that coffee is <laughs> that coffee is really good and strong and delicious. And we went to that dinky little restaurant one day where the young lady made uh, egg coffee while you played on the guitar that was just hanging <laughs> on the wall. We just walked in and, hey, look, there's a guitar. Anybody play? Tan says, well, well yeah, I, I play. So he starts strumming. We start singing songs, and suddenly we're we're having a little hoot nanny in this in this little coffee shop where she made egg coffee. That's French too, isn't it? Yes, it is. Tell What's everybody about egg there? coffee, man. That was yep. good. I yeah, tried and, to make and, that in America and I failed. 
Oh no, I, I mean, uh, you definitely need to take a class. And and I found out next time you come back, you definitely get to learn how to make that. Oh. Because the place where we do the cooking class, uh, we also uh, have people learn how to make the egg coffee. Awesome. And that is definitely from the French. Uh, so having a coffee in Vietnam, it just a it's not just sitting down, get a cup of coffee, drink it. And it's an go. event. It's a thing. Yeah, it's an it's an event. And people are never seem to be in a rush over there. So that's why you can just sit down and enjoy a cup of coffee. You can literally watch it being prepared, just like you did, Mike, uh, while you're sitting there. And sometimes drip, 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 you know, that that coffee. Sure, the little French drip. press thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and, and I mean, you watch every drop of that coffee drip down into your cup, and then you can really enjoy it. And it is strong. Well, and they, yeah, they bring you a little pot and a little cup, and I'm thinking, Ben, I need a big pot and a big cup. I can't, ooh, yeah, now I know why you drink this. Now I know why you sip this. Wow, you can't, you can't drink that like a, like a cup of Folgers. Right. It's so that's different. one thing that I, that's one thing that I always have to warn everyone is, don't drink coffee like we drink it here. I mean, this morning I had. Uh, uh, six cup of coffee already. So if you have six cup of the Vietnamese coffee, you're probably done with the tour. You right. you probably ready to jump. You and fly home. Yeah, you'd run next door to the bus while it's driving down the road. And I know why no one's in a hurry in Vietnam, except for people that are in the big city, because the the roads are only this wide, and they're made of dirt. And on the road, you share space with tour buses. Sadly, those great huge. Silly tour buses with a million people on them, ten thousand scooters, maybe a, a a a wagon being drawn by a water buffalo or something. There, nobody's in a hurry because nobody can be in a hurry when you get out yeah. into the country. There's there is no such thing as hurry up. Yeah, and don't and don't forget that road is also being shared by you sitting uh, sitting right by the side of the road yeah. having a cup of coffee. That's right. Yeah, well, it's a good thing I didn't bring socks because uh, bare feet are a lot easier to clean every night when we got home. Uh, it was right. dusty and yeah. and a ton of. All right, so what goes into egg coffee besides the strong Vietnamese coffee? Uh, what else? Well, yeah, so um, they break the eggs, so, of, of course, but they never use the uh, yolk. They use the white. And a lot of eggs will go into that. And when they try to mix it, you're talking about uh, mixing uh, that um, yolk. I mean, not not the yolk, but the white. It's about 20 minutes event of, of stir, stir, that. stir, stir, stir. Yeah, right. right. So they got smart. So they got one of those uh, electric mixer and then <laughs> and then they just let it sit for 20 minutes and go do something else. Um, so what, what they want to do is they want to make that in the so thick that when you drink it, um, and, and then mix that then with the strong coffee. Now, the cool thing is once they serve, we always have the tendency to stir the coffee. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but here, no, you don't do, you don't, you don't stir anything because everything is all prepared to the way that it should be. All, all, all you do is pick up the cup and have a little sip of it. Right. And if you've got a mustache, then consider it a little sip for later. It's just hanging on your face for a second there. I learned that right away. Mike, you got a little thing right there. Yeah, every sip and I'm going to have a little thing right there. So, oh, man, that was good. And, and sweet. I don't, you know, I, 
do, do Vietnamese uh, use a lot of sugar or what do they use for sweetness? Well, the sweet, they have sugar and then they also have a lot of sugar cane. So, of course, uh, different a lot sugar. Of okay. Sugar, right. But the thing that I don't think you got used to this is that condensed milk. Right. Just because when they make the coffee, because the coffee is so strong and, and when it's strong, it's actually a little bit bitter. So you put the condensed coffee into that number one to take that bitter a little bit lower, uh, but at but at the same time to make it like a milk coffee. Um, so uh, people use a lot of condensed milk for their coffee, but as far as actually eating sweet, they don't eat a lot of sweet. As as an example, after every meal, we usually have dessert, you know, cookie, cake, what sure whatever. But the dessert over in Vietnam is fruit. So you get to try all this different fruit uh, as de as dessert. Delish. All right. So in, in, a, in an egg coffee, it's really strong coffee. It's a, a sweetened condensed milk and egg white. That's it? That, that, Man, yeah, that's it. I'm telling you, you got to learn how to do that, ladies and gentlemen, because it's a whole lot easier to say than it is to do. I tried it a couple of times and didn't come anywhere near as delicious as it was in Vietnam, but wow! Well, that, that will tasty. be your that will be your mission next time you go back in September is to learn how to make that. All right, I, and I wrote this down because I couldn't remember what it was. You told me during the break that we uh, had in in America. You have a beer and maybe some peanuts or some right. potato chips, mostly peanuts, uh, to go with your beer as you're just munching. In Vietnam, they also have little hors d'oeuvre things that you can have while you're having your beer, including it, it looked like red, it looked like red thread actually sh shredded. Right. It was dried and I didn't know what it was. It, it looked like a fuzz ball on a plate, a little ball of red stringy stuff. That's that was dried. It was once again, also really tasty. What was that? What is that? And that is the dry octopus <laughs> oh man oh man and i've already eaten up and it comes in little bags just like planter peanuts you know a little bag for each individual person here's your bag of this and it, i'm sure it said right on the label in vietnamese what it was i looked at it and thought wow that's a cute label i'm opening it up and having some ate some it was delicious ate some more then we found a, a waiter that spoke a little bit of English, or maybe you told him to talk to that guy over there. She told me dried octopus. It was, you know, I'm hooked now. I don't even care. I just ate a bunch of dried octopus and loved it. Oh, it, was, it yeah. went really well with beer. Absolutely delicious. It was so fun. And we watched right. that. We watched that bakery across the street, a little tiny bakery about the size of your family room cook 8 million baguettes of all different sizes, and people arrive on their bicycles or their little scooters and take a garbage bag full of baguettes off to wherever. The, the place opened, sold everything, and closed in a matter of a couple of hours. Are all of those baguettes going to be made into banh mi sandwiches somewhere else? Yes. So what those guys do, that little shop, is the uh, producer of the bread. Uh, so all the people that you saw, it's probably from nearby uh, grocery store or by me uh, stand. So those guys 
went to this producer, get all of their baguette that they want, and then they take it home and then they start making my meat and sell it to somebody else. Oh man, delish. That was, that was, it was so fun to watch and so amazing to watch and all of that food. Of beer, just, Mike, yeah. You know, we, yeah, we're sitting, you know, we would be sitting on the road drinking a beer and one of our customers was a little bit funny because when we drink beer, you know, then we have to go to the bathroom and do our things, right? Uh-huh. Well, well, there you will find no bathroom in any of the on-street uh, beer stand. And oh, right. The, yeah. yeah. And the reason for that uh, we found out is that the uh, lady of the house would let the husband go and have a few beer with his friends. But uh, they make sure, all the ladies make sure that there's no bathroom there so that when they when they have a few beer and have fun, then they should go home. Then they got to go home. <laughs> No, there's no bathroom in the bar because when you've got to go, you've got to go. Yeah, you go, you, go yeah, home and, yeah, you uh, go and do home. your business. That's really funny. I and the excursion that we had when we went on the bus way out to the the temple that was guarded by the uh, monkeys. The uh, oh, right. And then on our way back, we ran. We brought a bunch of beer with us because that was what a ninety minute uh, ride out of right. town. Uh, we brought a bunch of beer with us, the eight of us. We drank it all. The So for about the last uh, 40 minutes or so of our trip, we stopped 10 different times to find out if anybody had any cold beer. And right. finally, because no one does. that. You mentioned refrigerators aren't a big thing in Vietnam. Everybody had warm or, you know, room temperature beer, which in Vietnam was about 82. I don't want my hot beer. I want a cold beer. When we finally found a, a guy that had cold beer and we bought, I don't know, four cases of beer, we just made his year, didn't we? Yes, you did. You I, made, don't, yep. I don't think I've ever seen smile a guy smiling. Face. Yeah, he was a huge smile on his face. You want how much? All of it. All of it? Uh-huh. Yeah, a case for me and my buddies and a case for those guys and a case for tomorrow. And Yeah, he was just thrilled. Didn't speak a single word of English, but wow, was he, he figured out quickly that uh, we're Americans and we're thirsty. And he well, was happy. You, yeah. You'll find that, Mike, that beer is a universal language because in Vietnam, the word beer means the same thing. His beer is beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just spell it a little differently. Tasty right. stuff. Tan Pham is my guest on Cooley Region Cooks revisiting what you could do with us. Go to Vietnam and experience Vietnamese beer, which, I don't know, not so surprisingly, uh, doesn't taste that different than beer. I mean, it isn't a Budweiser. There's no doubt about that. But uh, you've had a beer in America that tastes very similar to Vietnamese beer. Uh, Tiger beer comes to mind. That was one of my favorites. We'll talk about that and uh, and more. Coming back, uh, Cooley Region Cooking with Tan Pham and CuisineAdventureTours.com. In the kitchen, I know, I know that someone's in the kitchen with Michael on the Cooley Region Cooking Show. Everything in Vietnam, uh, the, the money is called the dong. And we went to a number of restaurants there, and every one of the pho restaurants we stopped at was the restaurant that, uh, that uh, Barack Obama stopped in. His picture was everywhere. Everything on the menu in that restaurant was 40,000 dong. 
every right. single thing. That's where I learned that the guy, the husband and wife in the restaurant we were in, make this kind of pho, and the guy across the street makes a different kind of pho, also 40,000 dong, and that's all he does. Restaurants right. are all the restaurants. They can't all be like that. They only make one thing, and that's it. Actually, it is true. That wow. is what we call the power of one. What you do is you just make one dish that is really good. And you're talking about a city of 9 million pe people. And if you have one good dish, that's all you need to do to make a really <laughs> good living. I suppose you get 9 million hungry people. As soon as enough people find your really good bowl of pho, you're going to have customers for life. And what's right. the big difference? You know, is it a huge difference, the pho made in this restaurant versus the pho made by my brother-in-law across the street? Yes. Um, depending on your taste, you might want to have uh, chicken broth pho or beef broth pho. Oh, so, okay. So, so it's, it's all about the broth. Right, right. Same vegetables, yeah. same giant mound of who knows what this is, pepper-flavored, lemon-flavored, avocado-flavored lettuce. I don't know how that works, but wow, was that ever delicious. Right. Yeah, the the very first time we went back to Vietnam, which was almost 20 years ago, and <clears throat> we're so used to sitting down and the waiter give you the menu, you know, so we sit down and just waiting, waiting, waiting. And next thing you know, they brought out food. Like, <laughs> what? Did someone bought a dinner? Or I haven't, I haven't ordered yet. <laughs> oh, yes, you have. You sat down. That's all right. there is to it. So come to find out, every restaurant, they just have one special dish. And when you come in, that's what you're getting. That's right. And if you like it, come back tomorrow. I can remember. I don't even, uh, of course I don't remember. But I can remember you and me and uh, one of our guides went to the same restaurant for breakfast and lunch the same day. And the people even recognized us. Hey, you guys, how's it going? Yeah, here's the, here, this guy over here, he speaks English. Here, come talk to him. Because we don't speak English. We just we just make this pho. That was that was really fun to be a regular all of a sudden. I've only been in Vietnam for three days, and I'm already a regular at this breakfast restaurant. That was fun. Well, don't forget, uh, you are famous now too, Mike. People oh. do listen to you. WIZM in Vietnam. Well, we'll see. I left a I left a lot of WIZM stuff, including my. Well, and I also left. I traded hats with. One of our uh, one of our guides one time and left That's him right. with a, a lacrosse a park and rec hat that he was through. I'm going to take Packer stuff uh, next time. Take some Packer stuff uh, and share that with with those guys because American football is still kind of a weird thing in Vietnam, isn't it? It is. I mean, people um, when they think of football, they think of soccer. Of course, that's different. But but they. We are so big over here, and the football players are so big that when the Vietnamese people see one of those football players, I think they just freak out just sure. because how can you be that big? You and grow monsters strong. in America. How do, yeah, exactly. Okay. Right. Is there, what is, is there a, 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 a national sport in Vietnam? Do they, is soccer their thing? It's definitely soccer. Is it? Okay. Yeah, because I was there. A couple of years ago, when they have the Asian soccer tournament, and this was going on for about two months. So then one country would travel to Thailand and play that team. And then eventually, at the end, uh, 
the Vietnam team happened to won the, win this tournament. And boy, talk about people on the street uh, <laughs> yelling, screaming, peeping their horn. And then I find out from our general manager, Hui, he said that this is the only time that the government will let us out on the street and do this kind of stuff. Because just being on the street and scream and yell and beep your horn and going nuts, that's not something that the government wants you to do. No, and it's really interesting that uh, the government really holds a tight rein on life, but the Vietnamese people have figured out a way to have a good life despite the, reg- the regulations, the rules of the government. They can still celebrate, and I have saw a lot of real happy people, and, and you understand that when, you're, when we, you were telling us about uh, life along the Mekong Delta, you can build your house here, and you can have a business here, but if there is a flood and the side of the river falls into the river, including your house or your business, you're on your own. Too bad. Sorry. Find a new place to build a house and a business because we're not helping. I was That was amazing to me. Yeah. I, I, I mean, uh, people over there, it's capitalist at heart. So, I mean, you can do whatever you want to do as long as you don't get into trouble. But uh, the other thing uh, that they go by is survival of the fittest. So if if you're strong enough to make a great living, good for you, but uh, don't expect a lot of help. No, expect very little help, in fact. I, that was, I thought that was probably the most interesting aspect. Everybody's happy, but while they have such small amount of stuff, they've figured out a way to be happy with nothing or, you know, with very little. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing. You know, we talk about the pho restaurant where you just walk in and you eat your pho and then you leave. Well, someone came up with this great idea, a guy that will shine your shoes. So he'll sit out by the tree, out by the restaurant. When you walk in, he'll take your shoes. He'll give you a flip-flop to walk into the restaurant. By the time you're done, you walk out, your shoes are nice and shiny. You pay him 50 cents. That's how he makes his living. But this guy is pretty darn smart. He's there's, there's 500 people going through that restaurant eating pho. Right. Multiply that by 50 cents, how much you make in a day, right? Right. Well, and if you're an American, you're going to say, I'm not giving you that amount. You just did a great job. Here's $2 American. You've just paid him a year's salary. That's fun. Hey, can right. we do this again sometime? An hour with you goes by so fast. Ton, I really I'm- appreciate it. Absolutely. You're right. I just look up and I saw 10.59. I know. Me too. We got to go in 10 seconds. (laughs) Anybody that's listening that wants to come in September with me or later on, cuisineadventuretours.com. Have a great day, Ton. Watch out for the snow. We'll talk again. It's 11 o'clock. WIZM.